JD Talking Sports, Monday, March 13, 2017. Snow is here. 8 to 12, 12 to 16, 12 to 18, 18 to 24. I don't know. All right. Now, I train a client on the wet, I'm sorry, the east side. And a man worked out there, John Andres, who passed away today at 78 years old. He was a popular analyst on the Knicks telecast and radio broadcast for nearly 40 years. Died at his Florida home after a long battle with dementia. I used to see him work out all the time. Always this nice guy. And, you know, I was kind of like awestruck and I didn't want to talk to him. You know, I didn't want to bother him, but I did want to bother him. And he'd been working on the team's radio broadcast in 72 and for 12 years was the network's television analyst alongside Marv Albert before returning to the radio side. He resigned in 2012 in part to spend more time with his family. I think they pushed him out in a way too, which was ridiculous. He had a great voice. Brooklyn native, nicknamed Johnny Hoops, was a three-time All-City Player of the Year at Fordham, 56 through 60. Rams captain his senior year and led the team to a pair of NIT berths. He was inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame as a Kurt Gowdy Award winner in 2014 and is also enshrined in the New York City and Fordham Basketball Hall of Fames. Sport Health was brought to light during ABC's telecast of the Knicks Warrior game early this month when play-by-play man Mike Breen, a longtime friend and colleague of Andres and MSG Network, wished him well on the air. Yeah, that's sad. He was so... What a voice. I mean, I close my eyes, I see it. You know, there were certain people that made me want to keep... Maybe love the industry. Tony Kubek used to Yankee games. I could hear him talk about anything. And there's certain people, Madden, you know, Pat Summerall. Yeah, Kirk Gowdy, too, was another one. I, Dick Enberg, I always liked him with Merlin Olsen. There was, I even liked Brookshire with Summerall. And I miss those guys. I miss those days. I feel like there aren't too many more of those guys anymore. I don't know, for some reason, Troy Aikman makes me calm. But a lot of them, they suck. Al Michaels, classic. But a lot of guys just talk incessantly. And it sucks. I feel like things have changed. Al McGuire was also a good one. I loved Al McGuire. Now I'm stuck with Jim Nance, which is torture to my ears. And Phil Sims, more torture to my ears. I wish the Andres family all the best. It sucks. Yeah. Sad to see him go. Now I have an awesome picture that I'm going to put up tonight of Thor... They're doing a bobblehead with him dressed up as Thor Syndergaard. It looks so freaking cool. It's a cool picture. Marvel Comics got involved. Very cool. Now, I found this a little confusing. I'm going to get to basketball, but I wanted to talk with James Wagner. wrote a story about Mexico and the World Baseball Classic. Now, there was a mix-up over who would play Italy in the World Baseball Classic tiebreaker game on Monday, and there was... I mean, this interpretation of a rule, the Mexican officials actually submitted a protest. Now, Puerto Rico advanced to the second round with a 9-3 win over Italy. On Sunday, they finished 3-0. But then, out of the teams that would join them, Mexico beat Venezuela 11-9 Sunday night, leaving those two teams in Italy all tied with a 1-2 record. Now, the tiebreaker, they'd be ranked, the teams would be ranked based on fewest runs allowed per defensive inning played in games between the tied teams. That include partial innings. Now, including the rules, Italy allowed 20 runs over 19 innings, a rate of 1.05. 
Venezuela had a rate of 1.11. Partial innings is what confused Mexicans, officials, fans, social media accounts of the WC and MLB and and some reporters. Now, Mexico allowed 19 runs or what they believed to be 18 defensive innings played, which would be a rate of 1.06, better than Venezuela. But after Sunday's game, an MLB spokesman said Mexico had allowed 19 runs over 17 defensive innings, a rate of 1.12, which finished a hair behind Venezuela. That meant Italy would play Venezuela in a tiebreaker game and Mexico was out. The confusion Mexican officials said came on Thursday's game between Italy and Mexico. Italy notched a 10-9 walk-off victory, scoring five runs in the bottom of the ninth without an out recorded by Mexico on defense. So now what does this partial inning mean? They believed, now MLB officials said they believed it did not count as a partial inning because at least one out was not recorded. While Mexico officials claimed that wording was vague and said they believed they could advance if they beat Venezuela by at least two runs on Sunday night, which is what they did. Now, Cundi Gutierrez, the general manager of Team Mexico, said team officials would reach out to MLB before Sunday's game. They want the clarification of the rules, but didn't receive it. And they said language doesn't specify a third of an inning, Gutierrez said. It doesn't specify specify outs. It says innings. We played the ninth inning against Italy. They didn't get any outs. Well... You know, they actually pointed to the official Twitter account of the WBC and MLB, which both stated that after Mexico's win, that it would play the tiebreaker against Italy on Monday. Those posts were later deleted. Of course. It took hours. It went till after 2 o'clock in the morning, and Mexico filed a protest. Now, this is the thing. The host of it was Mexico at the Estadio de Baseball Charros de Jalisco. Well, it ends up Venezuela and Italy were going to play Monday night. Tonight, Adrian Gonzalez, he's the Mexican captain, the Los Angeles Dodgers first baseman, and the brother of the team's manager. And he said the incident was causing him to rethink the future commitment to the WBC. He said he would tell other players that it wasn't worth it. While some star players have declined to play in the event, he's played in all four. Now, just before the news conference ended, Gonzalez made Mexico's intentions clear. He said, we're going to file it right when we leave here. But it doesn't do anything. And I just thought it was a crazy story. They go by run differential and they go by partially. Listen, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. You, you, it's got to be more definitive. And it, it's it's wrong. That's what it was decided by. I think, you know what? If three guys are one in teams are one and two, you have, yeah, you see, in baseball, if teams finish with the Major League Baseball, teams finish with the same record, they'd all have to play each other in a round robin. I think that's what it is. Actually, I, I'm not 100% sure. But they do play an extra game. And I feel like this is the case that should happen here. I'd be pissed too if Adrian Gonzalez got to make the rules better. You know, this run differential and they call partial innings. It's, it's very subjective. You know, I, yeah, I didn't like that at all. I thought that was bullshit. A lot of bullshit. Right? Yeah. And it sucks. You know, all the teams are one and two. You know, let them fight them out on the field. Not this run differential crap. Yeah. I, uh, not, happy, not happy with that at all. At all. Yeah. That, that's all I got to say on that front. All right, now, sorry, I know I'm throwing a lot of papers around, but got a lot of stuff I want to talk about. The American Gaming Association estimates that 70 million brackets worth a total of 10.4 billion will be filled out for March Madness. $10.4 billion. Amazing. Gonzaga, 19th straight tournament appearance, lost in the second round as a top seed, the last time at the top seed in 2013. Notre Dame's made back-to-back Elite Eights. Kansas, in Bill Self's 14 years, they made seven number one seeds. But in the last four, they failed to make it 
to the Final Four, which I think is going to happen again this year. ACC, nine. They thought they were going to break the record of 11 by the Big East. Big East got seven of their 10 teams in. Purdue is the highest Big Ten seed at number four. Arizona, highest Pac-12 team with a number two seed. Then you have, I also read, large wages were bet on Duke to win the title during the regular season was UCLA. UCLA hasn't won a national championship since Tyus Edney in 1995. Most, they also have the most points per game, over 90 a game, highest field goal percentage, 52%. Lonzo Ball leads the NCAA D1 with 7.7 assists per game. Now, the cool things about this year, the shot clock has gone from 35 to 30 seconds. Teams averaging nearly six more points than two years ago and nearly five more possessions a game. Also taking and making more three-pointers. And Kansas' average margin of victory is 10.3, 29th in D1. The fellow number one seeds, Gonzaga, UNC and Villanova are all in the top 10 for point differential. I don't know if that means much. Also, their last loss, Kansas, was the TCU in the Big 12 tournament. And I love Lonzo Ball's dad, LaFar. He wants a $1 billion shoe bill, shoe, shoe deal for his family from Nike, Adidas, or Under Armour. Now, one kid's gonna, he's about to finish his first year of college. They said he's going to be a, the real deal. But two kids are still in high school. He's got balls the size of church bells. He's got big balls. Hey, he'll probably get it. He'll probably get something, but wow, one billion, huh? He's already calling his son better than Steph Curry. And Steph Curry took the high ground and said, hey, I wish your son the best. You know, I don't know. A lot of talk, putting a lot of pressure on his kids. Let, let his kids just play. And women's NCAA, the number one seeds are UConn, South Carolina, Baylor, and Notre Dame. Seth Greenberg said, tell me the last time you thought that UConn wasn't ready to play. Exactly. I th- and they have Maryland in their, in their bracket, UConn. It's, I, I'll tell you, that'd be a huge upset. Just huge. I, I don't know. Hey, and uh, the Final Four in tomorrow and Thursday, Wednesday, NIT starts. It's, it's like there's nothing on tonight. I feel like it's like Major League Baseball All-Star Week, week uh, All-Star game. Nothing going on. No football, nothing. I mean, it's just kind of like this dearth of stuff on television. Knicks, 26-41, clinched their fourth straight non-winning season. Congrats. Three straight losses, one of five their last six. Seventh worst record in the NBA. Porzingis saying there's a lot, a lot of confusion. A lot of times it's basically one-on-one. He said the team's never got it all together. From top to bottom, everything, a lot of stuff that's not clear. Need to find solutions. The next 16 games, he meant 15. But he has a good attitude. He, if he said, if Caesar's smooth, you're never going to become a great sailor. FDR's uh, quote was, a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. Also, he thinks the team is kind of looking for stuff. A lot of stuff that's not clear, so it's hard to play. Kyle O'Quinn only played 6-0-4 against the Nets. He blew off a defensive assignment and then walked away from assistant coach Kurt Rambis in disgust after he went to talk to him. You know, Kyle O'Quinn, you're really staying... In good graces with the Knicks, and I wish you the best because, wow. And the Knicks and Phil Jackson. Ryan, you're going to love this. They're 85-161 under Phil Jackson. That's a 346 winning percentage. Now, Carmelo did pass 10,000 career points against the Nets the other night. He also did it with Denver, one of only oh, – that's a trivia question. I don't want to give that away, but only a couple of players have done that. That'll be a trivia, future trivia question, but 10,000 points is a Nick. Congrats, Carmelo. You are now, if you win 15 in a row, you will finish 41 and 41. You cannot, wow, they can't, cannot win. They can't win 42 games this year. Now, 
and they lost to the Nets, who broke a 16-game home losing streak, which was the third longest all-time in futility. I love that word, futility. Dating back to December 26th, Nets scored 39 points in the first quarter, almost 56% shooting, and also hit a team-record 14 three-pointers in the first half. Seven players in double figures, as I said last night. Wow. Crazy. Oh, JD Talking Sports, drop the G on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, you can subscribe on iTunes. Love to hear you from you. Comments, thoughts, ideas, anything. Now, Warriors 2-5 and five the last seven. Actually, they are tied now with the Spurs won tonight. They are tied with the Spurs for best record in the West. I don't know. Isaiah Thomas said, uh, why all forefoot forfeit against the Spurs to Draymond Green? The question everybody's asking. You know, I was talking to Ben about that. You know, the Spurs were famous for always resting guys because this doesn't mean crap. The playoffs is what matters. And he did, Kerr said, I need to sit some guys. So he sat them. And that's the end of that. Now, I, I read, you know, I read a very interesting, I, w- I want to read this story. A very interesting story by Joe Shad of the Palm Beast Beach Post.com. It is about Isa Abdul Kudis. And he, you know, he said, you know, it's the third roster transaction, a news release sent on the second day of NFL free agency. You know, it's a business transaction in the NFL's business. The Dolphins had re-signed Kenny Stills and defensive end Andre Branch, extending Rashad Jones to a $60 million contract. But then there was the name Isa Abdul Kudis. His release from the club was simply stated as wave failed physical. He's, he was 27. He had a neck shoulder injury, and he's not expected to play football again. Now, as was described to Shad, Abdul Kudis's injury was unfortunate and unusual, even for football players. The type of injury that usually occurs after a car crash. One play, one snap on a Christmas Eve day in Buffalo. The reason why NFL players often say they aim to play each snap as if it's the last because, you know, it can be. And that's why he said we should pause, you know, before flexing our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram muscles, proclaiming that Player X is no way deserves that $8 million a year contract ridiculous because he said these players should collect every penny they can get. You know, because look at the risk they have to take. Now, Abdul Kudus was an underrated safety. Last year he flinched. When Chad told him, you know, he might write that he's the most underrated safety, one of the most underrated safeties in the NFL. And Abdul Kuda said, yeah, they've been saying that for a while with a smile. He's a new idea, uh, Shad said. What I write, it's time to stop calling Abdul Kudis underrated. And he thought that was funny. Now, Abdul Kudis was an undrafted free agent by the Saints, signed by the Saints in 2011. After five NFL seasons in which he started a total of five games, the Dolphins identified Abdul Kudus's potential. He started 15 games as a Dolphin. It was quite good. He had a career high of 49 tackles and matched a career high with two interceptions. He was a hard hitter, not afraid to put his body in the line. Enforcer is what Dolphins cornerback Byron Maxwell uh, told Chad. And after the Abdul Kudus injury, some teammates privately told Chad that when they see that type of collision that ended his season, they think about their own longevity and mortality. Now, Abdul Kudus told Chad it was just a stretched nerve in his neck, and that for sh- for sure he would play again. Others were 
were, you know, concerned. In fact, the injury was more serious than originally believed. And they're hoping, you know, that his day-to-day life is not impaired. You know, players talk about how they hope to walk away from the game at the perfect time when they still have their health. Those quotes are often left out of the stories. Too cliche, too unlikely, too dramatic. Well, not really. You know, been a lot of discussion about the concussion issue. Former Dolphins tight end Jordan Cameron. You know, Shad called him a thoughtful, intelligent, approachable young man. He had his career ended prematurely due to multiple concussions. But he also said, when players know their careers could end on any play, consider, please, Abdul Kudis. And also considered, you know, that NFL contracts, as I say, and I'm pissed about, they are never fully guaranteed. According to the website SportTrack, great site for contracts for, for all sports players. Abdul Kudis collected nearly $8 million in six NFL seasons, including $4.25 million from the Dolphins last season. Not every player collects $8 million a season. Now, Abdul Kudis' earnings in his first four seasons were 380000 465000 556668 dollars and 805000 and change. Sorry about that. Now, he was chasing a dream, Abdul Kudis. And surely, he, he knew the risks. And uh, Ch- Chad's... Chad, I'm sorry. Chad said that you know, he was only a Dolphin one season, but he said he always had a lock and like a lock, uh, smile in the locker room. He said he'll think about the f- key pass breakups he made, propelling his body into a receiver to dislodge a ball. But he said he remembers just talking to him. Abdul Kudus was born in Newark, New Jersey, and Shad was born in Queens, New York. Uh, Abdul Kudus was a Yankees fan, Shad was a Mets fan. But they both said there was much value in having been exposed to so many diverse tri-state communities. And Abdul Kudus took a sincere interest in Shad's father, who I told him had attended Fordham University as he had, and had a love for playing football, as Abdul Kudus did. And Abdul Kudus, he said, was sincerely interested in hearing about how we'd grown up, my passions and my family. He goes, I'll remember those conversations the same way we should remember Abdul Kudus, even if he never plays again. He goes, there'll be hundreds more free agent transactions in the coming weeks. Let's remember that players like Abdul Kudis are more than transactions. And I, I just thought it was a cool story. I really did. So I wanted to share it. And something interesting that I read on Peter King today was that you can't change the culture and practices of pain management overnight. The system of pain management we should be focused on. The system, after what happened with all the players, the, the Toradol and all, I mean, it's... And then you see Anquan Bolden, once a key playing 36, undraft, unrestricted free agent, played last year for the Lions, 67 catches, 584, eight touchdowns, 16 games. I'd bring him in. Hey, you know what? He could be a mentor for the Jets' young receivers. That's not a bad idea. Nine-time Pro Bowler, DeMarcus Ware, linebacker. He's probably going to sign a one-day contract. The Cowboys won him to 34. Announced on Twitter he's retiring. 138 and a half sacks, eighth all-time, hell of a player. Got the ring with the Broncos. Really, you know, Von Miller, he was a great mentor to Von Miller. Just a great guy. Did a lot for the community when he was in Dallas and everywhere. Just a good, good, good guy. Got that ring. I was happy for him. And they're talking about the Giants. This, Andy Abnoid said that Brandon Marshall will see more single coverage downfield, but he'll get a lot of slant patterns, something his body type and skill set is well suited for. Hey, because, you know, he's going to see a lot of single coverage. He's got to make take advantage of it. And they're going to pay Shane Vereen's 500000 bonus by today's deadline. 
They said he's still part of the 2017 plans. They also signed 30-year-old John Jerry, three years, 10 million, started all 17 games in 2016-17. And they would like to sign linebacker Keenan Robinson, who always had injury problems, but actually played all 16 games, you know, in the playoff game for the Giants. And during the regular season, second with over 70% of defensive snaps played, second to the co-captain Jonathan Casillas, he had 83 tackles, Robinson, seven pass defenses, eight. But Bengals, I heard, are interested in him. Giants, man, they should keep this unit together. And also the Jets, hey, they need someone to replace Revis, of course. Without a top-shelf cornerback, Todd Bowles can't run his full blitz intensive system. Got a lot more problems than the full, than that system. But, you know, but I digress. You know what? I think the Jets, and they're singing bringing Cutler. I don't want Cutler. I don't want Cutler. I don't want him at all. No. I'd I'd rather him go after anybody. I, I just don't think Cutler's going to, you know, Cutler doesn't want to. It's a total rebuild job. He's going to lose interest halfway through. He's going to get some injuries. He's going to be done for the season. The Browns want Garoppolo. You know why? Because the Browns have five picks in the top 65. The Pats have zero. You think they're going to be a trade? You think? Malcolm Butler's disgruntled with the Patriots. We shall see. Now listen to this. Jags. In free agency, the last 25 months have spent $541 million. Actual dollars spent in the last two years, $128.6 million. Jags record since March 2015, 8-24. 19 free agents signed with that money. Eight have left. Julius Thomas, Jared Oldrick, Devon House, Sergio Brown, Stefan Wisniewski. That was 2015 this year. Prince Amakamuru, Kelvin Beecham went to the Jets. Mackenzie Bernardo all left this year. 128 million ton almost and I'll tell you they can't keep doing this Blake Bortles this is Tom Coughlin this is your get out of jail free card and the Patriots look at this Brandon Cooks Coney Ealy Dwayne Allen total 2017 cost 7.47 million those three players 4.5% of the Patriots cap Stefan Gilmore has missed 12 games the last four years with the Bills Malcolm Butler's played 40 games including the playoffs with Patriots and has not missed a game. And the Jets and Titans, Titans both feel that Dante Hightower will re-sign with the Pats. I mean, Titans maybe, but the Jets, I don't care what they offer him. He'd be nuts. And I love the Jets. Le'Veon Bell getting surgery to repair his groin that he hurt during the playoffs. Good move. Don't want, you need the groin for everything. This blew my mind. This blew my mind. The Texans Halftime of the regular season finale, Brock Osweiler and Bill O'Brien per Pro Football Talk got into a fit screaming match that turned physical. O'Brien blocked Osweiler from leaving the locker room, and Osweiler said he was being held hostage. He was upset because he was repl- he was replacing Tom Savage, who was out only because he had a concussion. Wow. Physical altercation, screaming match. You know, last guy I remember, Ryan Leaf, uh, that worked out well. When your quarterback screaming with the coach, that's not going to be good. And Tim Tebow finally got his first hit. He had a single, pulled an infield up the middle. Good for him. One for nine. Got a surprise start against the Marlins. Mets won 6-4. Started 0-7 coming to the game. He was 0-8 before he got his first hit. Got a single. Let's move on. And Israel, first loss. They lost 12-2 to the Netherlands yesterday. Halted after. There's a mercy rule. If after seven innings, a team's up by 10, there's a mercy rule. I think that 
Major League Baseball should have it too. After seven innings, if you're up by 10, game's over. The 4-1, they played Japan next. Still could make the semifinals in Los Angeles. Dominican Republic, Tony Pena, the manager, says the best player we have is the number 10 player, our 10th player, which is the fans. And uh, Gene Segura, who's the shortstop for the Mariners, said the fans almost intimidated him when they put the USA Saturday in Miami, and they were on his side. Now, U.S. is in their fourth World Baseball Classic, and they have never made the finals. They were going for the finals for the first time ever. How about that, right? Crazy. All right. Now, I just realized that I am up very late, and we watched our stories tonight. We watched Homeland, Billions, which I don't understand a lot of it, but I like. Homeland was okay, and Elementary sucked tonight. But I have 24 Legacy on. I'm excited about that. And I have trivia questions to answer tonight. So, last night's trivia question. Who is the leading scorer for the Bucks all time? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with 14,211 points. Tonight's trivia question. Who scored the most points in NCAA tournament game? Who the most points in an NCAA tournament game? That's any game. First round through final four. Most points scored in an NCAA tournament game. All right. Now, I read some cool stories. I had another one I was going to read about Buster Screen, but I'm going to save that for tomorrow. And I just, you know, Isa Abdul Kudis. It's interesting. I want to thank, you know, Joe Shad. That was a good. That was a good article because you know these guys sometimes are just forgotten. I mean, this is a guy. I know he made eight million dollars. It's a lot of money, but you know, busted his ass. This guy made three hundred eighty thousand his first year in the league. He, he last year at least he made over four million. I hope uh, he gets healthy. I hope he has a good life, and I, I'm going to try to get him on the show. All right, have a good night. Knicks Nets are supposed to play tomorrow night, but snowstorm. Everything's being shut down. I wonder if they're going to shut down the games. I'm curious how much snow we're going to get. All right, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace out. Have a good night. <laughs>